0: Hello, and welcome to Ramblings with a Medical Historian. I'm your host, Nicole Curry, and this is a podcast where I ramble on about medical history. I look at strange practices, common misconceptions, and medicine throughout history. I also talk about some interesting Canadian and local history. This is Season 2, Episode 6. So, sorry again for missing last month's episode, but today I have something special to bring you. So, you might not know, but I am a reenactor. Sometimes I portray a British surgeon um, during the War of 1812, so I talk all about regimental medicine used during that time. But I also um, sometimes talk about medicinal medicines used during that time, but also used in this region, so northern Ontario. I had the opportunity this week, or well, I guess last week, to uh, give a presentation on these medicines for the Stories Steeped in Stone performance series. Now, you might not have heard about this series as it is sort of a local event going on but I will leave a link for it in the show notes, so make sure to go and check out that performance series. So in this talk, I spoke about some of the medicinal medicines used during the early 1800s, and so today I thought I would share some of these medicines with you. So first off, we have spruce. Now in Northern Ontario and even more specifically in Sault Ste. Marie, we have white, black, and red spruce. So spruce is one of the top medicinal plants. It treated sores, cuts, insect bites, chapped hands, burns, also heart troubles, arthritis, gonorrhea, and digestive issues. The sap or moist inner bark was added to poultices for slivers, sores and inflammation. The melted sap was also used as a plaster for setting bones. The gum was chewed or boiled and taken like cough syrup to relieve coughs and sore throats, and it was also taken as a digestive aid and also treated gonorrhea and was used as a laxative. The emerging needles were boiled and used as an antiseptic wash or chewed to relieve coughs. Tea from the inner bark was used to treat rheumatism, kidney stones, and stomach problems. Tea made from the needles stimulated sweating, it also treated scurvy and cancer, and the vapor was inhaled to relieve bronchitis. The cones were used to treat toothaches, venereal disease, pain, urinary problems, and to assist women after childbirth. The bark was used for respiratory problems, tuberculosis, and diarrhea. The wood was also dried and powdered and used as a baby powder and for rashes. The root was taken to treat tremblings and fits, stomach problems, and diarrhea. Next, we have the two-needle pine, or jack pine, or also red pine. So the needle tea is very high in vitamins A and C. It was taken in winter to prevent or cure scurvy. The inner bark was used in dressings for scalds burns and skin infections the pitch was chewed to soothe sore throats and sweeten bad breath it was also taken internally to treat kidney problems stomach aches tuberculosis and used as a purgative and diuretic the sap was warmed and applied to sore muscles arthritic joints insect bites swelling skin infections sore eyes and to the chest for heart troubles. The sap was heated until black and then mixed with bone marrow. You used four part sap to one part bone marrow and it was applied to burns as a salve. After this we have the five needle pine or the eastern white pine. The young needles are a great source of vitamin C and were used to treat scurvy. Tea from these needles were used to stimulate urination and to help bring up mucus and phlegm from the lungs for people with coughs or tuberculosis. The resin was used as cough syrup and added to ointments for burns and skin affections. It was also applied externally to cuts, sores, bruises, scabs, boils, and also used to draw out slivers, thorns, and as a skin cosmetic. The resin was taken internally or used as a rub and steam bath for rheumatism. It was taken for stomach and kidney problems and used as a blood purifier and fertility aid. The inner bark was applied to the chest to treat strong colds. The wood was dried and powdered and used as baby powder for chafing, sores, or on improperly healed navels. Next we have cedar, or in this region, the Eastern White Cedar. Now cedar is one of the four sacred plants to the indigenous peoples. It is often used in ceremonies and for smudging to purify. Tea made from the boughs was sweetened with honey to relieve diarrhea, coughs, colds, sore throats, bronchitis, or other respiratory problems. Bark and twig tea was used to treat kidney problems. These sprays also have strong antifungal and antibacterial properties. Alcohol extracts made from cedar cure fungal and skin infections Like athlete's foot, ringworm, jock itch, and nail fungi. These sprays were also boiled and steamed, used to treat rheumatism, arthritis, and colds. The green buds were chewed to relieve toothaches, and oil made from cedar leaves were applied to warts, hemorrhoids, fungal infections, and herpes sores. Next, we have sage, which is one of the most common and used sacred plants of the indigenous peoples. It is used in ceremonies and for smudging to remove negative energy, to cleanse homes and sacred items. The Egyptians used sage as a fertility drug. The Greeks used it to stop bleeding and clean wounds, ulcers, sores, and snake bites. The Romans saw it as sacred The name sage, or salvia, is derived from the Latin salver, meaning to be saved. It treated a wide variety of ailments. It was used as a digestive and nerve tonic. It was also gargled for sore throats and bleeding gums. It was used as an antiseptic for vaginal infections, a poultice for insect bites, and a cure for diarrhea. It treated hemorrhoids, blood or phlegm in the urine, excessive breast milk or fluid in the abdomen, insomnia, hepatitis, colds, congestion and fever, and indigestion, and so much more. Next, we have sweetgrass, which is another of the for sacred plants of the indigenous peoples. It was used in smudgings and daily life to create a pleasant smell and bring about positive energy. They tea treated coughs, sore throats, fevers, venereal infections, chafing, windburn, and sore eyes. It was taken to alleviate sharp internal pains, stop venereal bleeding, help with childbirth, and expel the afterbirth. The smoke was also inhaled to relieve colds. Next, we have raspberries. So raspberry leaf tea was given to women before, during, and after childbirth to prevent miscarriage, reduce labor pains, and increase milk flow and it also slows excessive menstrual flow. The leaves contain Fragarine, F-R-A-G-A-R-I-N-E, so I hope I'm saying that right. It is a compound that acts as both a relaxant and stimulant on uterine muscles. The leaf tea was mixed with berry juice and boiled with sugar and gargled to treat mouth and throat inflammations. So raspberry leaf tea is actually good to take for um, period cramps and um, any sort of menstrual issues that you have, it can help a lot with that. So raspberry leaf tea is still a common tea that can be found in grocery stores. Next, we have mint. And now this is... Wild mint or spearmint, not that um, sharp peppermint that you might think of. So um, when you have mint tea, it's not that sort of very sharp peppermint tea that um, almost tastes like you're drinking a candy cane. No, this is a very soothing, mild mint. It is um, a very nice, calming, soothing tea. Now... Mint contains menthol, which expels gas and relieves spasms of the digestive tract. It calms the smooth muscles of the digestive system and stimulates the production of bile in the liver. It also helps to prevent retching or vomiting. It relieves pain from coughing and sinus congestion. While mint tea treats coughs, colds, fevers, Upset stomachs, vomiting, kidney problems, and headaches. I myself sometimes have some wild mint tea if I'm having an upset stomach or especially if I am having a migraine. I also sometimes make a poultice with the leaves um, and apply it to my head when I have migraines. You can even um, make a poultice of it Heat it for about 30 seconds, maybe on medium. So it just gets a little bit warm, um, not super hot or anything. And you can apply that to your forehead or, or wherever on your head you have a headache and it is very soothing because that heat will draw out the oils from the leaves. And now the oil was also added to poultices used to relieve arthritis. Tendinitis and rheumatism. Mint was also used in ancient Rome, and introduced into Europe, and colonists brought the uh, peppermint over to the New World. However, there was already wild mint growing here in North America before then. Next, we have catnip or cat mint. And it treats digestive problems, reduces fevers, colds, flus, calms the stomach, alleviates flatulence, nausea, diarrhea, and colic. It is taken for insomnia, hyperactivity, to prevent miscarriages and premature birth, and to lessen morning sickness. Tea made from the leaves was used externally on bruises and black eyes. An infusion is taken for headaches to alleviate vomiting, diarrhea, colds, coughs, fevers, and chills. The plant tips were given to babies who wouldn't stop crying, so the babies could sort of um, suck or nibble on the end of the catnip and it would help calm them down so that they would um, stop crying and this is usually for their colic. Catnip stimulates cats, but has the opposite effect on humans, commonly used in Medieval Europe as a tea. It was introduced to North America and adopted by the Indigenous peoples. Next, we have lavender. So, lavender was used in ancient Persia, Greece, and Rome for its antiseptic properties. Its use spread throughout the Mediterranean and India, later Tibet and eventually Europe. It was used to quell anxiety and clear the mind as well as disinfect sick rooms and hospitals. The oil was used in dressing wounds, cuts, bites, stings, coughs and colds, chest infections, rheumatic aches and flatulence. It was taken as a soothing tonic, either as lavender water or lavender tea, to relieve insomnia, tension, depression, cure headaches, settle indigestion, and minor nervous ailments and stress. This plant was introduced to the First Nations, so its use was not seen until the encounters with Europeans. Next, we have Queen Anne's Lace, or wild carrot. This plant grows in certain parts of North America and Europe. 2,000 years ago, Hippocrates was using the crushed seeds as a contraceptive. It also treated bladder and kidney problems. It was used to relieve gas and was used as a mild laxative, diuretic, for edema, a poultice to soothe sores, a purgative to treat blood disorders, diabetes, flatulence, indigestion, gout, help prevent cancer and treat cancerous skin tumors, and to improve eyesight. And still going on, we have bee balm or bergamot. The leaf tea was used to treat coughs colds, flus, fevers, pneumonia, insomnia, sore eyes, kidney and respiratory problems, nosebleeds, heart trouble, gas, cramps, and indigestion. The leaves were packed around aching teeth, used in poultices to relieve headaches, painful swelling joints, and heal rashes and acne. It was also used to stimulate menstrual flow and to help expel the afterbirth. After this, we have echinacea or purple coneflower. It's most commonly used to treat colds and upper respiratory tract infections. Now, if you go to your... um, Pharmacy, you might see echinacea, and a lot of people sometimes take echinacea as a natural treatment for their colds. Coneflower root tea was also used externally to treat sores, wounds, burns, and insect, spider, and snake bites. The root tea was ingested to purify the blood of diseases like colds, fevers, influenza, allergy symptoms, acne, boils, canker sores, herpes sores, and eczema. The root was chewed to relieve toothaches and aid digestion. Next, we have yarrow. Now, it was applied to stop bleeding and has been used for centuries to stop bleeding by reducing the clotting time. It's used to pack wounds that will not stop bleeding. So if you're out um, in the bush, a lot of times you can take yarrow, clip off the head and use the head. Like just take the flowers, apply it to a wound and that will help stop bleeding. A lot of um, people or like woodsmen, First Nations still actually use this to this day when they're out in the bush and they need something to um, pack a wound to stop the bleeding. It's also used to suppress menstruation and relieve menstrual cramps. Um, It was used as a sedative, painkiller, antiseptic, anti-inflammatory, and antispasmodic. The leaves were used in washes, salves, and poultices to treat burns, boils, open sores, Pimples, mosquito bites, earaches, sore eyes, and aching backs and legs. The tea was taken as a tonic for treatment of colds and fevers. The plant also improves appetite and digestion. It speeds labor, heals the uterus after birth, treats diarrhea, urinary tract infections, and diabetes. Next, we have juniper. Now, juniper berries stimulate urination, sweating, mucus secretion, production of hydrochloric acid in the stomach, and contractions in the uterus and intestines. The berries also have antiseptic qualities. Juniper tea was used to sterilize needles and bandages. The tea was also given during labor to speed delivery and used as a cleansing and healing agent after birth. The needles were dried and powdered for skin diseases. The smoke or steam was inhaled to relieve colds and chest infections. The berries were boiled in water to purify and deodorize homes. It was used as a treatment for aches and pains of rheumatism, and it was recognized for its diuretic and antiseptic properties. Next, we have roses and rose hips. So this is more commonly the wild rose that was used. So rose hips are rich in vitamins A, B, E, and K, and are an excellent source of vitamin C. Stem or root tea was taken to relieve diarrhea, stomach upset, used as an eye wash for snow blindness, It was also used for syphilis and to reduce labor pains. Root decoctions were used in hot compresses for reducing swelling or were gargled for mouth bleeds, tonsillitis, sore throats, or mixed with sugar for a syrup to treat sore throats. The petals were taken to relieve colic, heartburn, headaches, mouth sores, and they were also ground and mixed with grease to make a salve for mouth sores or mixed with wine to relieve earaches, toothaches, and uterine cramps. Last but not least, we have the elderberry. Elderberry tea made from the bark and leaves were used in washes for healing eczema, sores, and rashes. The Europeans drank tea made from the flowers of the black elderberries to treat colds and flus and lower fevers. The elderberry flowers stimulate urination and bowel movements and have been used in diet pills. The dried flowers were used as a wash to treat sores, blisters, hemorrhoids, rheumatism, and arthritis. Tea made from the inner bark was used to treat epilepsy, induce vomiting, empty the bowels, and stimulate sweating and urination. The elderberries are rich in vitamins A and C, calcium, potassium, and iron. The Chippewa took an infusion of roots as an emetic. Now, for some more information, maybe a little bit of clarification, a poultice is a preparation of fresh, moistened, or crushed dried herbs and applied externally. Pitch, also sometimes called resin, was used to waterproof and patch and acted like glue. Salve is an ointment used on the skin. It usually has fat in it, but not always, so it's just that um, sort of a thicker heavier ointment. An infusion is tea made by steeping herbs in hot water and a decoction is a preparation made by simmering parts of the plant in water. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode um, and I hope you have learned a little bit about medicinal medicines. So these are just some of the um, medicinal medicines that I talk about in my talks. So next month I will be bringing you another episode on residential schools. Um, Just a few days ago, May 27th, actually marked the one year anniversary for the um, discovery of the graves at the Kamloops Residential School in BC. And also next month is Indigenous History Month. Um, So I will be talking once again about the residential schools. If you have any questions, comments or concerns, you can message me at Ramblings with a Medical Historian on Facebook and Instagram or you can send an email to ramblings.mh at gmail.com. So thanks for listening, and remember, keep rambling on.